Y'all, welcome back. I, I am so excited right now, mostly because we've had a slew of technical difficulties and uh, this amazing woman also has a daughter and both of our daughters are hard to put to sleep. So we're starting a little bit later, but I am stoked, guys. Uh, the, the the hundreds of thousands of listeners that you all have probably listened to the earlier episodes with Joe Pratt. I uh, had him on talking about fish, had him on we talked about God, but tonight I am lucky enough to have his better half, uh, Chicago native. Cecilia Cheyenne Otvos Pratt Anastasio. Welcome to the show, madame. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Hi. Dude. Yeah, man. How's friggin' life, dude? How's how's COVID mom life treating you? Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, it's a struggle every day <laughs> for everybody for different reasons. Um, this is wild. Are you at least excited now we got a new president? Anything on the up and up there? Yeah, I mean, we can go down that rabbit hole too if man. you want. Uh, I'm not yeah, no, I mean... Things, I, it feels it feels good for like, you know, news outlets like NPR to actually sound like they have, you know, legitimate facts and things that you expect to hear going a on. Buddy in, of mine. <laughs> in fact, uh, Vance, who's on the show, he texted me today. He was like, I actually watched the news for the first time in months. He was like, and I was able to without like screaming and cussing at the TV and like freaking out. Like I was able to just watch the news, which is kind of nice. But okay. What I really want to start with, because we I did have your husband on uh, to talk about fish, and what I want to ask you is the story of how you and Joe met, because it's it's uh, it's very fish related. Yeah, it is fish related. Uh, people seem to like it, uh, not just people in the fish community, but uh, people that seem to think it's some kind of. I, I think it's more of an anomaly unicorn kind of situation, but people it seem absolutely to think is. Your story is unique. <laughs> I I think it's special, and people seem to think it's special, and it strokes my ego. So I like that. Um, but yeah, so uh, without getting into too much detail of my life, um, before I met Joe in two thousand nine, um, I lived in Chicagoland. Uh, just the keg. <laughs> yeah, the keg. That's a running joke with us, huh? I haven't heard that one in a while. Um, but uh, so I, uh, yeah, grew up in Chicagoland. Uh, my dad was a musician. I was always super, super into music. Um, was your dad into fish? Is that what got you into it? <laughs> no, my dad h hated jam music. <laughs> he thought, no, he didn't like it. Um, we can talk more about my dad later, too. I'd love to, yeah. He No, my dad was great. He was incredible. Uh, really He's awesome not, guy. Not I a fish fan. Uh, no. Well, I, you know what? I got him into fish, uh, a little bit cause my dad would kind of listen to just like about anything that was good. You know, um, he had a really just wide range. He hated country and we can talk about that again later if you want. Cause like, Hey, you're I've in Texas like, now, madame. You need to easy with that. Yeah, man. I've been like getting super into, uh, like, uh, I'm really into like the Sturgill Simpson stuff, which I know mm. is really hot right now. And I really mm. like, uh, that Dolly Parton album, uh, The Grass is Blue, that's dope. Okay, I'm getting way off track here. But uh, anyway, into music. Yeah. 2009, you went to a fish festival, one of many, I'm sure. Yeah, Which I one was it? Yeah, I went to Festival 8 um, after my dad had passed and life was wild. And uh, it was just a decision that I made because my favorite band had gotten back together. I remember uh, – I was at junior college, it was like my freshman year, and uh, I started listening to Fish in 2004, and I mean, I was a baby, I think I was in like the eighth grade, and I had this friend who was like older and cooler, and it was like a chick who was super into Fish, which was like not the norm 
anyways, whatever. It's still not, but it certainly wasn't then. Word, yeah. So I'm getting way out there. Basically, though, the point of the story about school is that, like, I just ran in, and it was like one of those terminals of computers, you know, at at college, like in a public hallway. Yeah, yeah, there's 20 of them things. Yeah, and, like, everybody was, like, you know, real, just, like, quiet that morning. It was, like, early. Doing homework. I pulled it up on the computer, and I started (laughs) yelling like i was literally just yelling i can't remember what i was yelling but i was just yelling and then of course i took off i wasn't gonna go to class and i basically no, never class after that is what <laughs> happened um so uh so i'm way off track here no so you're sophomore in college and you just bail to go to a show uh well not kind of yeah i was uh i was working i was maybe even a freshman but whatever so i was yeah i was working and uh, I decided to go to Festival 8. Um, I traveled with another good friend of mine, uh, Ben, Benny, Benny Blue, love you. Uh, and went out to uh, Festival 8 in Indio, California. And uh, another funny fact, and then I really will get to the point, is that Joe and I, Joe and I, um, unbeknownst to each other, um, I was there with my friend Ben, who swore that he would bring me to my first fish show because we were friends before I'd ever seen fish live because I'm that young. Um, and uh, wait, I'm just Joe, the show that you met Joe at was the first fish show you ever went to. No, no, but this. Oh, okay. hear, hear me out. Holy this is shit! Crazy. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. No, we were at our first fish show though. Was the same show and that it was Joe in, went to without knowing you? Yeah, and it was in Knoxville. <gasps> and I almost I went to that show. I had to and, bail last minute. Yeah, they were like going to Bonnaroo. Like I think yeah. and Dave were all there. But uh, yeah, it was like my it was my first show too. And like I just happened to be at that show from Chicago, and they just happened to be at that show from Austin, just because they were going to Bonnaroo. And like I had there was a handful of things that got me to that particular very first show. All that to say. Um, I flew out to Indio, California, where they have Coachella, as some of your listeners may be more hip to than anything. Having I have 19 do. listeners, maybe four of them have ever gone. <laughs> well, I'm going to get you some more. I'm hey, gonna... yeah, send this to all this, Ben and, and whoever the other girl was. Shout uh, out they don't even give a shit to hear me ramble for this long, but maybe they'll listen to it. Um, so, yeah, so we went out there uh, with Joe. For the listeners, Nick and Joe... I guess they've been on already. Whatever. I won't go. Yeah. There. They were on the fish episode already. Yeah. Not- but they were camping next to a very good friend of mine who I actually became friends with, like through the music community online because she dated like a, a guy that I used to date. Basically I was meeting her for the first time in person and uh, another friend I had made online via the fish stuff and they were camping next to Joe, to uh, Joe and Nick. Right. Your ex boyfriend's so, new girlfriend is now your friend. And the only reason you ever met your now husband whom you have a kid with is because you went to visit her uh, at her campsite at the festival. Yes. Holy. That's, <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah, I know. It's insane. Uh, so, and we're still incredibly tight. Uh, Krista, shout out to her too. Uh, that guy was basically trash and we both <laughs> threw him, kicked him to the fucking curb after a while. There's like some feelings in a the story there, but whatever. Dude, um, I want to do an episode of just like shit guys do during day. I just want to have a bunch of people on as like trash ex-boyfriends, but that's a whole separate episode. So dude, okay. So when you first met Joe and for our listeners, he's like, 
eight foot 11, 900 pounds, and he only wears tie dye overalls. When you first met him, what was your like? How did you even react to this guy? I mean, to be honest, like, I. I don't know. I had just had so much going on. Like I loved him right away. Nick wore that dress. There's a picture of like Nick wearing a dress and Joe was dressed up as like a fisherman. It was a Halloween weekend. It was like a Halloween weekend festival. But I mean, to be honest, I feel like for everybody there, or at least for sure. And maybe that's why we're still in each other's lives after all these years, but like for sure for me and then for, you know, Joe and Nick, who I just met, like that weekend was just all about the band and like just the music that all of it like it it everything was just like god damn it uh i, I love it uh, i have no, like some psychedelic things to the, say here but it's it's whatever everything was just cute. like really fucking magical and you know i saw him and i guess i didn't really think much if that's what you're asking like i just thought like hey this guy is awesome like you know we hung out the whole weekend. We were, you know, with a lot, I was with a lot of other friends um, and so wrapped up in what was happening with the music and how magical it was that like I had waited all these years and traveled across the entire country to see my favorite band. And I don't know. I wish how I had- did you guys ever decide? Cause you moved to Austin as I recall. Right. Yeah. So I moved to Austin. Joe and I kept in touch. Um, there was definitely like, I'd say like Joe and I like were instant, like just homies, like friends, like out of the gate, like, you know, you meet people and it's just kind of like, you know, there's something about it. That's just easy. You know, I mean, you know, it wasn't like, there's no like love at first sight story here. If that's what you're looking for. (laughs) I was was angling. Yeah. No, I mean, I think, I think he has a different, he has a different perspective. You know, you'd have to ask him about that, but for me, it's like we just really deeply connected over the music. Like it was really awesome. Like there were some drugs eaten and, you know, all those types of things. But getting to the record. For the record, for all of our listeners, n- n- myself nor Cecilia have ever broken the law. Just we're talking like, it was, it was like, like Salvia. A lot of, lot of Salvia. Oh, God. Don't. Oh, don't. Don't. I mean, I guess we can later. But this is this is something that happened personally in the text thread. Um, uh, I love it. But it also, was, these were times before we had kids. We weren't parents. This is a whole different thing. Don't come on. A, never broke the law, obviously. But B, in case we did, just come on, chill out. Don't worry about it. I mean, is Phyllis listening? Is that why we're doing this? It's not Phyllis. <laughs> no, it's, it's honestly, it's just, it's a running joke. Uh, we are America's number one most conservative podcast here. Um, it's pretty big deal. We take ourselves pretty, we are, we are as conservative as you can get. <laughs> well, dude, that's friggin' awesome. So that was what, 10, 11 years ago? And you guys uh, are so still it, was going in, it was in 2009. And then Joe came to visit. And that's kind of when th- the spark started to fly. The romantic stuff kind of started happening. Because uh, I just kind of called him on a whim. Cause I was just thinking about the festival and thinking about being there with him and thinking about the music and just being with friends and just the whole thing and like connecting with this whole new community. So then he came out over his Christmas break. He was at Texas state and he was, you remember this? I Eat him up cats. Of course I've lived down the street from him. Yes. No. So you totally remember this. See, oh, yeah. he was probably talking about me being fucking hot ass shit. I hope he was. Oh, he came back talking up like you were some like fucking majestic creature. Yeah. The way he was describing you. And we were always like, well, yeah, I can't, I can't wait to meet this girl. And then when I did meet you, um, man, all right. I, I can almost skip that. So, so any, yeah, cause I, I have a question. Well, I moved here. down to Austin. We went and saw some shows together in 2010. Um, I moved down to Austin with a job transfer from half price books. 
uh, we were like roommates, friends, homies, like together. And then as soon as we got together, like we basically got pregnant, had Julia, <laughs> got married, blah, 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 blah. And all of that kind of took place between uh, from the time we met to all that. It was basically about two years. That's, that yeah. is, I mean, dude, but do you realize no, three like, years, three years, and, three years. and for just a moment to be, to be serious, because I, I, I'm probably rarely serious with you and even more rarely serious with your husband, but that you guys overcame that, that is a success story that is so rare to, I mean, you know, kids out of wedlock, you were both like under 25, like the, the odds were stacked against you. And the fact that you've made it work is seriously amazing. Like just for, for what it's worth. And cause I'm going to quick left turn after this, because I know we're both not good with taking compliments, but seriously, you guys are fucking awesome people. Like I, I mean that. So I, I hope you know that more importantly though, I've got a rapid fire question round about a food fight scenario. Are you excited? You should be excited. Oh, this, this is very this is very scientific this is how i figure out your personality type this has been backed up with years of research i assure you so you're in a food fight uh you you uh you, you stumble into a you know a, there's like a 30 man food fight there's a bunch of people in a cafeteria i don't know why you're there it doesn't matter you stumble into the room and you realize you need to start throwing food now in front of you there's two tables one table has 25 bananas one table has four apples which yeah. table are you going to to start throwing um, okay, wait. This is one important. This is very important. Yeah, yeah. 20... One more time. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. One more you got time. 25 bananas on your right. You can go to that table, duck behind it, start chucking bananas, or uh-huh. you can go to your left, where a table only has four apples. Which one do you think you're gonna, you know, choose on a whim? What can deal more damage? What's safer? What, what do you got? Bananas? Is that even a question? Really? I'm like, okay. Yeah, I'm not trying to like injure anybody with an apple. I want to like squirt a banana at somebody like i'm some kind of monkey from i don't know what's like a cartoon monkey like is there a monkey in the jungle book that like chico bonbon is the monkey that my kids love he's uh he's hilarious he fixes things with bananas all right so i wasn't ready for that answer i'm not gonna lie so now uh you, you have thrown all your bananas you you now have to duck to another area there's another table coincidentally also 25 bananas but then to the left is 10 avocados which one are you going with the bananas are the avocados yeah Fuck, I fucked this up. I was supposed to throw the apples because this is like an actual war. Like, <laughs> See, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I did not realize you're just a much nicer person than me. I'm chucking apples and avocados hard. Oh, man. I'm a lover, not a fighter. I've never even thrown a punch in my entire fucking life, dude. All like, right, so then this next question, um, okay. 10 avocados, 10 avocados or... Or ten avocados, or one pineapple. What are you throwing? Oh, the pineapple! <laughs> yeah, I, I would like just run at this at this juncture. I'd probably just run and start like beating somebody with the pineapple. <laughs> just melee attack. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if I'm if I'm fighting somebody, if this is like a legit food fight. Then... Oh, I love it. No, you were because in my head, I wouldn't even have questioned. Like, I just want to have fun. I'm like, I'm just gonna start chucking stuff. But you are a much nicer person. But here is the most important question. So please brace yourself. If you had your choice, which would you choose? 10,000 spoons or one knife? For the, oh, we're still in the fight. <laughs> Damn it. Are you not, did you not get the reference? Are you, were you not a, uh, like, 10,000 spoons? Alanis Morissette went all you need. Oh, my God. I'm going to embarrass myself, too, because I was going to, like, at some point, like, talk, uh, pretend to talk about, like, loving the fourth wave feminist movement and <clears throat> talk about, like, some other shit that like makes me sound cool cooler than Alanis Morissette like I was gonna talk about like Bikini Kill and like the Riot Girl movement and so like I really blew it I was like, planting seeds man we were gonna 
Sorry, go on. Oh my God. No, that's fantastic. Honestly, that's the right answer. The fact that you didn't get a reference from 1994, like, I'm not even mad at you. So, yeah, but the, I guess I was like thinking about music. I started thinking about like Chumbawamba. Does, did you know that they're like an incredibly legitimate fucking band? They've put out like 15 albums. Like, they, they have yeah, been I, they're my making favorite, they're, they're my favorite punk band. And like, really? shout out to like, Shout out to my little crew that will also not listen to this, but um, I love all of these shout outs that are going to go falling on deaf ears, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. I did shout them all out, bro. <laughs> yeah. All my friends are like cool and single and like have careers and like make money and have traveled the world. I don't have very many friends with kids. All my friends with kids. I have like, I've made like a couple mom friends, but all my friends with kids were like my friends before. Hmm. Just friends you already had that then also had kids. You guys haven't like, well, aren't you friends with like Julia's? But well, no, fuck, because you're not having play dates. I was going to say, aren't you friends well, with Julia's friends' moms? But no, of course not. You're not. The, reason, the reason we're all here, the reason my millions of listeners have tuned in. What the fuck is a doula? Can yeah, you, what is the long and short? Well, first of all, you better like put something about that in your title, whatever the fuck. Guaranteed. What's your, yeah, what's your doula business? I'm not even kidding. Shout out to your doula business. Okay, what is so uh, I am an Austin based. Uh, postpartum doula. I'm not a birth doula. Um, I'm a postpartum doula and I'll get into that. But the, my business name is Spruce and Sapling Doula Care called me and something along the lines of like, have you seen the internet or something, you know, something along those lines. Spruce and Sapling Doula Care. I'm based in Austin. So yeah, that's my business. And uh, what is a doula? So um, a lot of women have a problem with the term doula actually, because the word comes from, and it's escaping my mind. Cause I actually had an overnight last night and was awake with a beautiful little angel baby for a family feminist mom. In fact, Wait, overnight, fun. what does it, what does that mean? Okay. So hang on here. Drink some Were beer. you like with a, like a client or a customer or whatever? Like, do you stay there or are you there till like 2 AM or something? Yeah, haven't we been talking? It's because I send these walls of text and you men just don't read them. You like, when you're a man, you have to like hook them with the first thing you say, you know? Otherwise, you guys aren't listening anymore. Include a GIF or I'm distracted. I'm not very smart. I know. I'm being sexist. Whatever. I'm not a man. (laughs) No, but that's wild, dude. So you, okay. So from from hour when to hour when were you over there? Uh, Well, let me finish first about what a doula is. So the name doula, most people know what a birth doula is, right? This is something that has really been a role in many cultures throughout the years, like aside from a midwife, you know, like somebody who's there to support you and your partner in a non-medical role during your birth, um, to advocate for you within the healthcare system in our day and age. Um, But basically, I mean, women have been squatting and having babies outside of hospitals. You know, I, I like that somebody, I can't remember who told me, some doula that is more seasoned and way cooler than me, uh, told me, and I can't, she said that, she said that, um, birth used to be a natural event that sometimes required medical intervention. And now it's turned into a medical event that sometimes happens naturally. Um, so anyway, so that's like what a birth doula does. There's a lot of other things I could say about it, but Answering your question, I'm a postpartum doula, right? So I'm there to support a family in what we refer to as the fourth trimester, right? So it's roughly like those first three months of the baby's life from, you know, the day you come home from the hospital or recovering from your home birth or basically whenever you decide you need support from us. And very few women actually realize 
women that know what a doula is and are in, we'll talk about this too, have the type of privilege to be able to afford a doula and pay for that service. Um, if they have a birth doula, generally they haven't even thought of the postpartum period, right? So um, I'm there for overnights. Like I do it all, right? So I do overnight care. I do day shifts. Um, I do... That's what uh, like re- referrals to like other professionals, like lactation consultants, or, you know, I, I still consider myself a pretty new ish doula. Um, and like, you know, I reach into my bags, my toolbox and whip out, you know, information about infant care and, you know, just things I've learned from being a mother myself and whatnot. Um, but yeah, last night uh, I worked an overnight um, and I actually had like a day shift and overnight. I had an overnight last night. Then I had like mom stuff to do today. If you want to touch on that again, I'm a mom. My daughter is amazing. She is dope. I mean, you can tell because of the story of how her parents met, right? We're pretty Dude, her parents are clearly cool. <laughs> cooler than most parents. Uh-oh, Joe's coming outside. I hope he joins, honestly. Okay. We've just no, been talking about his ass. He's coming outside. Here he comes. No, I love it. Um, but yeah, dude, that's wild. I didn't realize you, I knew you were a doula. I've known that for a while. I didn't realize you were specifically postpartum. So d- does that, does that mean like, you, I mean, I'm sure you meet them before the birth, but like your role doesn't really start till like day one. Like, you know. Well, yeah. And what I was saying too, is that a lot of parents don't even hire a postpartum doula. Joe's trying to stick his head in and be funny, but it's pitch black. You can't see him. I love it. Yeah. I actually can't see you big fella. Um, context too, is that uh, you and my husband are best friends. You feel yeah. to mention that, or at least he considers you his very best friend. Oh, are you kidding? There's nobody better than that man in, so, in the world. Yeah. Y'all are tight. Super cool. I'm not being facetious, but not, not, um, not in the least. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, shit. Hang on. I'm gathering my, th- I'm getting back. Let the train back. spin back. But okay. How close do you get with the mothers? Like at, at this point, like, at, you know, after day three or week two, like, do you even consider them clients or are they just like friends ish? You know what I mean? Like, is there even a line? How do you, how, I guess that's a question. How do you draw that line to where like it, I would just want to be friends with these people if you're spending that much time with them. So like, that's a really interesting question. And I wonder like how much of why you pose it is because you know me um, and how much of it is because you're just genuinely curious. And that seems like a basic question. Um, 50, but, but you're super like you're a social butterfly. So that's what that's kind of why I'm pushing it. Well, I'm a social butterfly. I'm a Sagittarius. Say what you want about astrology. So, you know, I'm very, you know, it it's it's very like tell it like it is and very well, that's a whole different thing. But um, yeah, that's that's like a line you kind of have to straddle and walk really carefully you know this fourth trimester is like an incredibly a a very sacred um a very vulnerable um and a very serious period in the sense that like from my own personal experience which is why i became a doula which we can talk about after this but um you're really kind of coming into this space into someone's home when they are like raw, like this woman is, has just gone through this insane transformation and brought this life into the world. And then she's maybe dealing with a job or the dynamics with her mom or, you know, whatever's happening with her partner, or it's bringing up zillions of feelings. And then on top of it, she could be struggling with a perinatal mood disorder like I did, which is why I became a doula. Mm -hmm. Um, but to answer your question, yeah, I mean, you're you're not their friend is the thing. Like you're there in a professional capacity, but like you also want to like step into that friend role 
you know, at some point if like that's something that the mom seems open to, but you really kind of like have to take those, like you said, like the first few days, like when I'm there for the first few days, like I am fully professional, but still like bringing my very best, like most, uh, I don't, I don't know what I'm trying to say like here. Caring. Yeah. I feel like I know where you're going with that though. Like, yeah. Like I'm there with like compassion and empathy. I'm meeting her where she's at. Yes. You no. Know? Yeah. Like, and I've had to also realize that like every, like I can't, and I've struggled with this as like, because of how I call, I am called to do this work because of my personal experience after having Julia. Um, and even though I think that puts me in a unique place to help, especially certain types of moms, like not all moms are the same, you know. And at the end of the day, like you are there so she can get some sleep, so she can take a shower, mm-hmm. so she can take a nap, so mm-hmm. she can clean Be an adult if she wants for a minute. To. Yeah, so she can spend time with her partner, so she can have a fucking bath. And if yeah. she wants to talk to me and say whatever she wants to say, like, I am there for it. Like, hmm. I love it. But as far as, like, becoming friends goes, like, I'm the type of person that, like, this work is very personal to me. So, like, I really do love to connect with, like, the moms that I care for. But like women are all different and they all need different things during that period. And like, you know, you just don't vibe necessarily with every single mom. But also Austin is just an incredible community. And I've met so many cool women. And there really is just like, you know, I have one doula who I really love who kind of like jokes, but is serious about how she's kind of like the one size fits all doula. And she's a total goddess. But I think for somebody like me and like what I try to do in particular in my doula work, I'm not necessarily the right doula for everybody, but I try to support every client to the best of my ability. And if we can be friends, like that's fucking awesome. Like I love every minute of that. Dude, like what, like just to brace anybody listening, when I say the word we over the next couple of sentences, know that I mean, I did about 5% and my wife was 95%. When we had our first child, the first couple of days after we had it, and again, none of me, but I was there. You know, you're in the hospital and you got doctors and all the things and the tests and the monitors and everything. You, you feel, at least for the moment, very safe. At least, like, if anything does go wrong, all of these people are ready to snap an action and it feels very nice. It feels very comforting. And then we got home with Raiden, our first son, and literally within the first 20 minutes, we were looking at each other. And I, I don't remember who, which one of us said it. Maybe Sarah did. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But we both felt and really what we're like, should we go back to the hospital? Like, just in case, like, should we just, you know, like, should, like, we just got like panicked because you don't know what the fuck to do. You're suddenly home with this kid and you've never had a kid. You don't know what to do with a kid. You don't know what's going on. Like, you're just like, should we, I don't, and like, we started like kind of pan. And thinking back, if we had someone there who just had any previous experience, especially, I mean, you, you, your daughter's now what, nine maybe, and you've had multiple clients, like, someone in your role would have helped a lot just to calm us the fuck down, just to have said, like, hey guys, you're okay. Like, and obviously what you do is so much bigger than that, but that is such a big tenant of that, that so many people, at least me speaking specifically for us, we panicked. Like we got home, we're like, oh my God, what do we do? You know what I mean? And like having you or anybody there would have been awesome. Have you found that to be the case? Are you there to comfort or are you, is it more like, guess what you were saying? Is it more like physically you're just giving them time? Or is it both? So like you're offering, I think I have, if I should get a business card, I have like this really clever little mission statement, but it's something along the lines of like, You know, I'm there to like empower new families through knowledge, compassion, 
it doesn't say quite this, but practical hands-on help, hmm. you know, I'm, I'm just kind of there. Like yeah. I'm, there, I'm there as part of their village. I always say that to my clients. Uh, like, like when that. somebody hires me, I'm always like, you know, I so very much appreciate you, you know, taking me on as a member of your village, you know, while you start this journey. Cause it really does take a fucking village man to raise a kid. Like, yeah. and you know, you know, you did it, you and Sarah did it a little similarly to the way I did it. I mean, uh, I like you saying, I feel like you could add it. You could be like, you know, once a baby comes out your vag, I'll be your village. I'm just saying like, yeah, you, could put that on, you could put I that like, on the card. I like it. I'm that, gonna, that yeah. was my worst wordplay ever, but I don't, that's the only thing. Hey, I, I, didn't, I didn't think it was that bad. I'm, I'm impressed. <laughs> so have um, you ever had a client that you just, you knew from the get go, this isn't going to work. You know what I mean? Like you, you, like day one or two, you guys both like, maybe this isn't it. Well, so here, here's how it is. And I'll be pretty frank about this. Um, so I've actually only had a handful of clients that have been my clients that either sought me out via seeing my stuff online or where it was a referral in this doula community that I've been a part of. Um, I did my doula training in March of 2018. So like really I'm pretty new to the game and I was doing it part-time being a mom and still waiting tables and managing my crazy ass mental illness and all this bullshit, which is actually part of the doula stuff. But, uh, no, I mean like, you know, I, I, I love new mamas. I love to love on them. Like, and you know, there are definitely moms that like, we would not be friends. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, and especially in Austin, like I see a lot of this, like people my age or younger, like big time, like tech money, like that's like a different world, you know, and like good on them. Like, Oh yeah. You know? Have fun. But, um, what I did find difficult in my dual work and I, I, uh, saw, you mentioned something about talking to me about, uh, uh, why I think doula care should be covered by insurance. Yeah. Um, but what was difficult for me and what has remained difficult, but has become a lot easier because at the end of the day, like, especially in American culture, where women go off and have careers and move away from their families and their villages. And just like the way that we treat family as a society and the way that we treat our elders and like the fact that we don't have multi-generational households. I mean, doula care is beneficial for anybody, regardless of socioeconomic stance, right? Or race, right? I mean, yeah. we can talk about race too. Because I mean, the bitch um, of it is, is that you do have to be of a certain social standing like i mean basically only rich people can afford it you know what i mean well i mean kind of i mean or people that have planned really well but yeah i mean for the most part um and i also it's taught me a lot about um i'm not sure if you know this but like this you should pin to the top too is that like we have an incredibly astounding um maternal mortality rate and you know, black mamas and black babies dying in astronomical rates higher than white mamas in this country. And our maternal health in this country is garbage as it is, like compared to most developed nations. Um, so, you know, white moms too. But anyway, like just the systemic racism within the what? Okay. Now, wait a minute. We're getting a little off topic here. <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's all tied together. It's not right. Fair. This system, and somebody and I were just talking about this the other day, and it wasn't necessarily doula related, but the system is designed that if you're on the bottom, it keeps you on the bottom. 
And once you're on the top, you know, that's how it goes. Like that, that's part of the system. Right. These are things that shouldn't be, these are things that should be covered by either some form of healthcare or insurance or whatever. These are things like everything, the way you describe what you're doing for these, for these mothers and fathers too, I'm sure. But for these, like, this is just like, this is just human to human niceties. These are just like things that just need to have happen. Oh, I, do luxuries. It for free. I, I wouldn't I, consider any of this a luxury. I do this for free all day long. I would do it for free every single day of my life from now until I die. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I had aspirations for a while of maybe becoming a midwife one day, but we'll see kind of where things, the wind blows me. But I guess if we're going to talk about that, I'll talk a little bit about myself again, like I did here at the beginning, which I love talking about myself. Well, dude, I wanted to press you if, if you're comfortable. Like, did you have postpartum depression? Was that it, it, as long as you're comfortable? Because like, I, I admit I know nothing about that, and obviously I never will. Are you comfortable if I if I kind of press a couple of questions there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I feel completely. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Okay. So, and I know it's not a fair question, but like, when did you first? notice it i mean are you talking like you know you, you had julia day one you're talking like week one you know what i mean when did you first start to notice like oh shit something's different okay uh all right i'm keeping my eye on our time here these usually one rot like an hour hour and yeah, ten minutes whatever you want yeah yeah i don't know what you do don't worry but about it. um so so yeah so basically a little my backstory um you know, I talked a little bit about my dad earlier, brilliant musician, um, just an intellect that just drove him mad, uh, artist soul, et cetera, et cetera. Um, struggled with anxiety, depression, uh, alcoholism, uh, but lived just this kind of brilliant life. But um, And then on my mom's side, um, I have an aunt that suffers terribly from bipolar. Um, my great grandmother was severely mentally ill. Um, so all that to say, like, I, I come from a pretty mixed bag of like, you know, crazies, uh, some brilliant people, but a bunch of people that I like to say touch with fire. I really like that. Um, for ma people with manic depression in particular. Um, so I have bipolar disorder. Um, I have likely been bipolar. I probably started showing symptoms on the younger end of things like around puberty where, Generally, people don't see the peak of it until about their late teens to early 20s, which is when yeah, I also had Julia, right? Yeah. So, uh, so all that to say, um, and I prefer the term manic depression um, more than bipolar also. That's another thing, but I think it just describes it better. But anyway, so whatever. That's not like the term, the medical term anymore. But... I was never diagnosed with bipolar when I had Julia, right? I was always uh, diagnosed with anxiety, depression, um, because I was, you know, I was crazy. I was doing drugs like fuck. First, I first, I mean, it, when I found out weed was the thing, I was going to smoke it, right? Like I was, I was down, like I was ready for it. And then, you know, a, for, the, for the listeners, she had a, she had a medicinal card when she was 13. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too old for that to have been the case. <laughs> <laughs> And it's not, that's not legal, right? I don't know. I wasn't I need, yeah. So anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, so, so I basically came into it like I was fucked, right? You know, like I was gonna suffer terribly in my postpartum period. Um, so I was on antidepressants during my pregnancy. Um, I chose to stay on them. Um, 
generally Prozac is only like the super safe one to take during pregnancy, but most of them have been found, a lot of them have been found to um, not have too much effect on the baby. Of course, you know, whatever. I have a whole nother thing to say about that. But um, to answer your question, yeah, I mean, I noticed immediately, like I was jovial, happy during my pregnancy. I was young. I had no health issues. Um, I felt good. I had a great pregnancy. I mean, I was scared as shit. Like I was having a baby with my best friend who like, we literally had just committed and be like, okay, we're going to be monogamous and give this a go. And it's like, <laughs> okay, you're pregnant now. So I guess, I guess now we're really fucking committed, huh? All right, let's good do thing it. We're monogamous, eh? Buckle up. Like, let's get ready to do it. Like, okay, here we go train is leaving the station like all righty everybody get ready I, I haven't made enough jokes in this podcast i swear i'm funny i like your serious content because it's just it's information i don't have i mean this is a point of view that i obviously can't share and never will so well, i mean and I'm, and I'm so very happy to share it but to answer your question yeah i noticed right away um so with the bipolar disorder um lack of sleep is a huge trigger right um, and you've experienced it when I'm manic. I mean, not firsthand so much, but yeah, we've like, had some phone via, such, don't worry about it. yeah, like via reaching out via text and support when I've been in a bad place. Right. And so it's when my sleep gets dirt dysregulated is when things really fly off the handle. And I'm not talking about like working my overnights. I'm talking about like insomnia, right? Yeah. Like you haven't slept in days. Right. So, and my labor was long. My labor was a long, 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 24 long. hours. Oh, like 35 hours, 30, 33 hours, 33 hours. Yeah, I've never done anything in my life for 33 hours straight. Not right. So it was long. Right. And it also another reason why I think so it was the lack of sleep. Right. That kind of triggered like some of the manic stuff, um, which I think that hand in hand with the PPD that was already going to happen was just a nightmare. Um, So there was that. And then my birth plan also wasn't followed. Um, I had a really great nurse, but this is why I love what birth doulas do. And I actually considered doing birth work. I I'm not right now. I don't know if I will, we'll see, but, um, anyway, my birth was like, you know, whatever, not ideal, but I pretty, it went pretty well. Like I could get into some technical terms and dorky doula. Nobody gives a shit about that. Nobody cares about my birth, you know, whatever. But, um, that's a common situation that I think a lot of moms find themselves in. And I found that with a lot of moms that processing the days after birth, like digesting what you've just done, like spiritually, physically, mentally is like massive to process, like huge. Right. Yeah. But so, it's so easy to say you brought a new person in, but like you harnessed a soul and released that upon the earth. Like that is some, that is some D and D level weird shit that we all just take for granted because it's just you know it's happened before, but it's still so weird. I mean, just as a father, it's weird, but you fucking grew it. So is that kind of it? Are you and I, I'm, I'm projecting? So just tell me if I'm fucking wrong. Do you miss just having that physical, tangible connection to another being, to to a literal soul that is inside you and you were physically connected? Is, is are you missing that? Or oh, like, term, are you talking about in relation to postpartum pre uh, depression or like yeah. to me personally? Well, sure. To you personally, just because. Well, so I think moms are all different, right? Um, for me, you know, it was the insomnia. The mania was making me feel like over the moon, like tiger mom, like I could do anything. But then the depression set in like, you know, whatever. That's not the point. But no, to answer your question, like, no, dude, like, hmm. no, like for 
I had moments of beautiful connection where I really loved being pregnant. You know, I went to fish pregnant with Julie. I had two beautiful baby showers. One, God love you. Phyllis, are you listening? Yeah, sometimes sometime shout out. And shout out to your mom. She did, I don't know if she ever will. But Oh, yeah. Out. My mother moved in with us during a pandemic, for those of you that uh, would like to know about that. But no, my mom. That's a whole episode. I'd love to just have you and Joe on and just discuss. My mom. My mom is dope, and you love my mom. Are you kidding? Fucking shout out! Fucking love you, lady. Yeah, she loves you too. Anyway, um, so no, so yeah, like I think that if I were to have another child, I would be probably a little older and more in a space in my relationship in my life to where I would really love that. Um, I think that there are a handful of women that do really miss like that connection and are having a hard time with that shift. Although honestly, to be honest with you, like that's not something I really think about a lot in my doula work. Um, And I'm sure that it's something that comes up for a lot of women. I probably should do more reading on uh, that angle of things. Cause that's not a stupid question. That's not like not a stupid man question. Um, (laughs) but But for me, it's stupid. Right. So my personal experience was like, um, no, I was ready to be fucking done. And a lot of women are too at the end. Like sure. you want your body back. You want to be able to have a fucking glass of Here. wine. Anything. Anything. You want to just be, you know, whatever you want yourself again. Like, you know, so I think it's like a, you know, kind of a variety. I, it depends. It just depends. It just depends. But, uh, no, it's weird. And I, I got to, I got to press it on a different angle because I was surprised of what you just said, because obviously we both have kids. We both love kids. I know the way you talk about Julia, like you guys fucking love her. She's very lucky to have you because you do love her so much. I fucking love my kids. We we see, we see the joy of the the light of the world in their eyes. With that said, what are the odds you ever have another kid? Oh, uh, oh, I don't know. Not pretty low. I thought it'd be well, zero because you just said that you might have one when you got older. I had a whole lot of like jokey ass questions of like how much would I have to pay you to have another kid, blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. Jokey ass questions, questions welcome, dude. So I'm a doula and I would like at some point to circle back around to that. But um, no, I'm not like a maternal person, like hmm. by nature. And I think that's another reason that I became a doula. And we didn't actually get into really the mental illness stuff too, hmm. too much. But Go for it. Um, I, uh, uh, man, it's been a long day, dude. <laughs> dude I um, you. Oh my God. The mom life, the doula life, just getting life. our kids down. Like we were both texting each other before this, like, Jesus, my kid. Oh my kid. It's like, that's just, it just, it takes a toll after all. Well, and this is, this is fucking relevant, right, dude. So I said to you like on the phone before we hopped on here, I was like, I literally just came downstairs reading Harry Potter with my daughter, which is like the warm, fuzzy, like awesome stuff about motherhood. Right. Like oh, I love sharing it. the stuff that you love and like all that kind of shit. Right. Um, but then I'm literally downstairs in her playroom putting the clothes and the little fuzzy socks on her knockoff American girl doll and like fixing its hair. Oh yeah. And I'm just like, that's important. Like somehow even after nine years, I'm like, what in the literal fuck? Like, how is this my life? Dude, like, I, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I had to braid that she has, my daughter has some pony or a unicorn that has like pony hair. I had to braid its hair for her because she can't do it. And also I can't do it. So I just fucking faked it. But like, I, it was required. You know what I mean? Like that was like four days ago. Nothing was happening. until like, it's just the things our children and any children will choose to plant their flag on. And like, they will die on that hill for just nothing for just like another Oreo. And they were, they were willing to fall out completely. If you don't give them like that little thing, it's just, the mentality is just so weird, but that's, that's another thing. You're not necessarily dealing with the mentality of the child. You're dealing with the mentality of the mother. Right. How do you, 
if they're having just like a horrible day, how do you even interact? Or do you? Do you just do you kind of stay silent sometimes? So like I'm gonna do another shout out here. She might actually listen to this. Hey, here we go. Humor me. No, she probably won't. But <laughs> uh, there's this dilly here in town. Her name is Katie. I don't know if she wants to me to shout out her yeah, business, like on a pretty personal podcast here. But uh, there's no one will know. We, we have a lot of similar things in common. Both from Chicago. Both have shared some similar life struggles. Um, and uh, I said something to her one time, or and then she had something to say to me. But like, I feel like you almost have to be like really rogue and feral in your doula work as far as mm-hmm. finding like what works for you and what your calling is in it to offer it to the women who are in a place to receive it without making it about you, right? Mm-hmm. So. I wasn't, I didn't get to the point there. No, but, but that's um, tough. How, how do you present yourself as you're still running a business, but also still stay in the background? Well, so the thing them. is, I mean, uh, to be honest, I mean, you've known me for a long time. Granted, like you've, li- you went ahead and moved away. Speaking of people with kids who I was actually friends with before, who is best friends with my husband, who is intolerable. <laughs> anyway, so, um, no, so, uh, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's tough to bring, uh, I'd imagine. Wait, bring me back. What was I saying? Yeah. Was- how, how do you present yourself as a business, but yet also oh. like a nice person? Oh, so that's been totally tough for me. Like you yeah. know me, right. A little bit. Well, you're not a salesman, dude. Like you, you don't bullshit. That's just not, no, not, no, yeah, I'm not a salesman. Right. So there's that. Um, and then I also just find that, um, like for me in my postpartum depression, right. Like. And we can circle back around to the healthcare thing and don't let me get fully off track here. But um, like I needed somebody to anchor me down and pull me back in so that I could be there for my baby and feel connected somehow and engaged in my life other than when I just had her at my breast, which is like why I really want to support breastfeeding a lot as a doula as well. Right. But that's not the doula's job, right. To do that, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, as I recall, the lactation the, consultants. Uh, the, the, well, no, I'm not talking about breastfeeding, but like, that's not fully the doula's job, right. To anchor you. Right. Oh, so, I, I would have assumed I mean, it was. I mean, it is. Listen, so it is right. Like, so that's why you hire a doula to like be there and support you. But I think when most people hire a doula, they think that they're like hiring a baby nanny, right? Like a night nanny mm. to do like overnights or whatever, you know, this type of thing. Right. Which is where I was like, you know, what am I doing with my life here? Like I'm not serving underprivileged communities. I'm not able to serve X, Y, and Z people. I'm basically just a like glorified night nanny for this like top tier of the population who I just can't relate to. Right. So, um, so what I find is this, um, I've been, I've tried to be brave and I also think I've grown in, um, my ability to be kind of gentle. I find that because I have such passion for helping these new mamas and like nurturing them and lifting them up just in whatever way I possibly can. Just hearing you talk about it, you talk about it in a way that you don't talk about many things. Fish, you talk about with such passion and and there's a, there's a deep care there, obviously. Who gives a fucking shit about fish? Exactly. But what the way you talk about this is just different. It just feels deeper. Like you, like you, like you actually give a shit. Oh no, it's deeply personal. And like, I've met so many incredibly admirable women in the community here in Austin of birth workers and, uh, no. So yeah. What was it? I'm sorry. I want to go back to your question. 
I you can't remember either. You, dude, are you kidding me? I've been drinking. Like, let's not let's not pretend like I'm I'm sober here. <laughs> that kind of thing. Oh, that's what I was talking about. My friend Katie, right? So we had like a good conversation about this, and it's kind of like you know, she. I just admire her. You know, she's a little older, and we battle a lot of the same demons. We're both like no bullshit Chicagoland area girls. Um, she's a Capricorn, like my beloved husband. Hey, by the way, I didn't used to be into astrology, right? Yeah, this but, is new. I didn't I didn't know this about no, you. No, I'm I'm like one of those people like it's not science. Okay, no thanks. But um no, I've I've learned a lot about like looking at your whole chart rather than just your sun sign. And and it's true, it's still not science, but I think it's very telling and it's like a fun pastime for me to well, anyway, one of my so, co-hosts, uh, did Eric, who may or may not be listening to this, but uh, he actually started. We talk, we were talking about that in a different episode, but he tends to buy into it. And a lot of things that have happened, just random little shit here and there. He's like, well, you know, like, and then he showed me the link. He's like, well, technically, like four days ago, it said that's like you know something kind of vague was going to. Well, I don't know so much about like horoscopes per se, but like I think that what your sign, I, I, and we can talk about it with the God stuff at the end if you want. Sure. But I feel like there's something really sacred about the time you were born, where you were born. Like your whole chart says a lot about you other than just like your fucking sun sign and like whatever your fucking, you know, magazine horoscope, whatever. Oh, I mean, I'm yeah, I, I can't imagine tabloid. Well, look, I don't know, but I can't imagine. Well, my, okay, hang on. Circling back around here. So my friend Katie, right? She, I love her. Like she's no bullshit, blah, 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 whatever. We vibe really well. And, you know, I kind of just, I meet people where I'm, where I'm at, but like, I feel like, and we can talk about this with the God stuff too, but I feel like my purpose in this life is to just be as authentic as humanly possible. Like, Hmm. and to use my story and my experience to put some truth out there. Right. So, you know, and it's a delicate balance, you know, like we were talking about before, like you were saying about you and Sarah, you come home from the hospital, you're freaking the fuck out, dude. Like Sarah, her hormones are like all over the goddamn place. Maybe she's struggling to breastfeed. Maybe she needs her mom, but hates her mom. Maybe she needs you and hates you. And like, she's got feelings coming up about her past, you know, tons of shit, missing loved ones gone and like all kinds of stuff. Right. So um, many different emotions you have to try and catch all at the same time. I love that. Yeah. I, I nothing scares me. Nothing scares me. Like as far as people's emotions or their, you know, whatever is going on in their brains, none of that scares me. None of it doesn't scare me at all. And in fact, like, you know, I find that like bringing humor to the table and bringing, you know, like, let's just talk like, you know, woman to woman, like, you know, and I bring, I bring in my own experience, which again, we can talk about more deeply. I don't mind delving more into that, even though it's personal, but, um, I just kind of find that it kind of just happens organically. Right. So, you know, my friend Katie, she's like, dude, yeah, I've been fired. I was fired one time in the middle of the goddamn night doing an (laughs) overnight. Like this mom was just like, fuck you, get out of my fucking house. Right. And like, I had, I wasn't like fired by like any personal client, but I did some work for some other doulas. um, And I had one that for sure I know I rubbed the wrong way. Basically I've rubbed moms the wrong way, like two or three times since I've been doing this. I'm sure that's going to happen. Learning curves and all that. And just personalities. Like you don't, you're just not going to click with everybody. Well, and you know, it's kind of like, like I just am bringing what I am to the table here. Like, Mm -hmm. 
you know, I've never had an office job, like because of what we talked about earlier with Joe and me basically booking on college, like my, you know, whatever. I had like the dad dying, the first love that didn't work out. Fucking by the time I wanted to go to college, I couldn't fucking get into the cool liberal arts school I wanted to go to. And I was too much of a fucking hipster fucking (laughs) piece of shit to go to fucking state college, like a normal person. So, you know, whatever. Um, you know, I, 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 maybe I'll have some type of intellectual pursuit and not be such a fucking, whatever anyway no i love it and i like to you keep bringing up god because i i don't know that we've ever talked god which is surprising considering the levels of inebriation just just beer for i could like say a bunch of shit about you i'm married to your best friend i could say all sorts of crazy shit i could also perfectly all perfectly legal things that were done under all lawfully abiding no i'm not talking about that i'm talking about your weird jesus shit bro oh dude well people on the show know that we i've I've done oh dude like and it's your high school buddies right like i don't really know them it's like that whole weird hyde park thing right? right i didn't know that baptist high school was a thing when I found out Baptist high school was a thing, I was like, what, what, a what now? My mom was born and raised in Yonkers, New York. Um, my dad was born and raised in Chicago. Um, my dad was raised by atheists. Um, but my dad considered himself, he never called himself an agnostic, but more of like a skeptic. Right. So like he thought organized religion was super fucking evil. He was like, the Vatican needs to sell all their art and feed the fucking starving children in the world. Like what the fuck is this evil bullshit? And then, you know, the pedophilia and all that, whatever. No, that's yeah. My, I, nobody condones that. But my grandma, my grandfather was Portuguese and my mother, uh, my grandmother on my mom's side was in, incredibly devoted Catholic. God rest her soul. It's been about a year without her. Hmm. Um, she's my namesake. Um, Cecilia also Fonseca. Fonseca is my mom's uh, maiden name, which is so, were you raised religious at all? Like, did you guys ever go to church like Christmas, Easter, anything like that? So, so yeah. So my dad was a musician, right? Uh, and then he uh, did like furniture refinishing. He was like an artist, always working with his hands, right? But anyway, all that to say, he like worked uh, Saturdays, right? Uh, and um, sometimes Sundays too, I suppose. And then my mom, uh, was service industry lifer. Uh, she ran country club restaurants. So she was like, uh, she worked a lot. Yeah. It's a busy day, man. We ain't going to church. I gotta go to work. Right. Yeah. I mean, you and Joe like had stay at home moms and shit. I went to private school. Like, yeah, I don't fucking know. Right. No, dude, I grew up in a really bad neighborhood. We had like bars on the windows and by bars on the windows. I mean, it was a gated community. (laughs) Well, anyway, so all that to say, um, my dad, when I was born, my dad despised Christianity for the most part. He fucking hated that shit. Hmm. But he like preached like the teachings of Jesus stuff to me. Right. Like, I don't even know whether or not like he thought I can't remember. And God, he's been gone so long now. It's so sad that I can't remember. But um, I can't even necessarily remember whether or not he thought Jesus was a real person. I think he thought from what I remember, he thought it was a possibility, but that the important part, right. Which is kind of what I gathered. And a little of this little bit of this is from me too, is like, you know, the teachings of the prophets, right? Like, you know, religion is old as fuck, right. You know, it's been around forever. There's been a bazillion types of religion. Me personally, I've always like identified more with Eastern religion, but uh, going back to that with uh, my upbringing, um, 
my dad adored my grandmother, right? His mother-in-law, my mom's mom. And so agreed to go along with like the baptize, the Mm -hmm. baptizing and the stuff. Right. And so I would go to Catholic mass with my grandmother, the same Catholic church in the Chicago suburb, uh, on the weekends. And I mean, the mass wasn't like in Latin or anything, but like, you know, it's like the same mass every day, the same day of the year. But I remember like, you know, sitting in the pew with my grandmother who was, you know, this just godly woman and not like, I mean, she was a Catholic, which is like weird, but she wasn't like, you know, like the fire and brimstone shit, which like, you know, Joe and I are like so super, What that's another thing against that kind of shit. But, um, you know, I remember like sitting in the church pews, right. And I would just look around and it was just this old church and my, uh, my, uh, my mom grew up in Yonkers, but then the, my grandparents moved to Chicago and the same church I was at, all my uh, cousins were baptized by the same priest, Father Canane. And uh, my aunts and uncles actually went to the parochial school, the Catholic school there. So like in Chicago, it's Catholic, right? Like no, there's yeah. no... North. It, Baptists yeah, are in the South, no. Catholics are in the North. Dude, when my friends and families, when I told them I was moving to Texas and then I got pregnant and didn't move back to raise my child outside of Texas, they were like, Oh, dude, what the fuck? Like, Jesus. That's I'm wild. Like, oh, but it's Austin, you know, whatever. That happened to my father. Um, speaking of Dead Dad Club, represent my father. We have an about that. We should get all the dead dads. I'm down, people. dude. I tried to get Bob on. He says he doesn't want to. But the point is, he, my father grew up in uh, uh, Ohio, Columbus, Ohio, and he moved down to Texas. And his grandmother, a woman who I adore, who I, you know, I only ever spent like seven, eight years before she passed, but she warned him. She was like, you know, that Southern Baptist, that's not a good thing. Like she said that to him before he moved down south. She should have said a bit more than that. I wish, I wish he just would have listened. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. It, it, Phyllis, I love you to death. And Southern Baptist is not bad if used correctly. Phyllis, but it's, it's, Phyllis, it's just weird, I'm look, man. I'm looking at you, Phyllis. I adore you. You're a saint. I adore your son. I still have the beautiful diaper bag that you bought me when Julie was born. And I love you. And I'm sorry I haven't reached out. Since since Tim passed, I'm sorry. I love you so much, Phyllis. You can edit that all out, but I no, want you. I'm leaving that in case she hears it. But no, dude, like it's weird the way the Southern Baptist thing grabs you. But okay, so you you were kind of raised in the church. But right now, do you believe in God? Just simply put, whatever that, that may be, no definitions, doesn't have to be the Catholic version or the Baptist version or you know anything. Do you believe in, in God? Well, so um, I think I'm different than like my dad, right? Um, my dad was, and my mom will say this too. My mom was like never super religious. She actually became a born again when I was like in my middle school years. And that's a whole different thing. We Has can that wavered? She never struck me as a born again. I find born again. Well, no, not, she, no, she hates evangelicals and she actually no longer goes to church, but she's like a student of the Bible. She like hates the hypocrisy though. She's very liberal. I can't blame anybody for that. Um, you know, anyway, uh, so, um, so yes, I'm getting a vibe, so that, you, I'm getting the vibe that you didn't want to say no. The, the vibe I believe, I got, yeah. Do I believe in God? I mean, I believe in something. I believe in something that's bigger than ourselves, you know? Right. So for me, like, it's like science, right? Like, and ugh, I was going to like find some smart things to say about this, but I didn't. So, <laughs> um, I, the energy within our bodies, right? Like as human beings, like the energy that we carry, like throughout our years on earth, right? 
like that energy in our bodies, right? And I'm not even necessarily talking about your soul. I mean, I believe in all that too. But like when you die, that energy goes somewhere, right? Like it's not, it doesn't just, it's not just gone, you know, it can't be destroyed. It just, it's there, right? And so, you know, I just think that like things like, for lack of a better term, like love, right? Like losing a loved one, right? Grief, like you learn a lot about, grief about God through grief, especially when you're not somebody that like thinks your fucking person has gone to heaven. And like, you know, I don't, it's not like I feel my dad's spirit with me all the time, you know, none of that kind of stuff. Right. But, um, yeah, I mean, honestly, and then we can go into some of the psychedelic stuff too, if you want, but like, I've just had too many experiences in my life to where like atheism for me, it's like, that's just as bad as like, you know, these fucking Jesus people to me, like, I mean, what to me, it seems like arrogant. Right. So to me, I guess at the bottom line, it's like, and this is what I always say. This is what my thing is, is if, if there's something greater than us, right. If there's a God, if there's a higher something, right. I don't believe in like a God, like a, no, not like Santa. There's not a dude sitting up there granting wishes. That's not well, right. Of course. But like, even beyond that, it's like, you know, how, for me, it's like, for me, I feel like it would be foolish in my humanness. Right. And I would be repeating mistakes that got us where we are with religion Mm. to think that somehow in my humanness, in my consciousness, in my intellectual brain, in my spiritual self, how in the world could I even begin to fathom what, the greater power for lack of a better term is right. Like, how could I even like, how could I pretend that's why like religion to me is kind of like nonsense, you know? Right. So like, no, that's a humble point of view. Honestly, I I really, I I respect that. It's, it's not saying that we can't know. And it's not saying that you don't know or don't care. It's that we're just admitting that our point of view is limited. I mean, being what we are, these fallible, you know, meat sacks with bones, to pretend that any one of us could figure it all out as a joke. And the ones that say, I know for sure, either way are joking themselves or lying to themselves. Would you say that you've, and I'm going to purposely press into the psychedelics. Would you say that you've experienced something more uh, on, you know, we're just going to go Salvia, obviously, but would you say that you've experienced, <laughs> would you say that you've experienced, you know, something, you know what I mean? Like, if you don't mind, I'm generally going to press you. What have you experienced on certain, uh, certain wavelengths? <laughs> so, Oh my God, the Salvia thing. Uh, that was like a running thing. I don't know the full story there with you. I just saw it in the text thread, but um, Salvia, yeah, I don't know. For me, like uh, with my psychedelic experiences and my uh, fun over the years with hallucinogenics, uh, there were definitely many times where like, I think because of my mental illness and like what the psychedelics do to my brain, like science, like what it actually does to my brain chemistry. Like it sometimes doesn't affect me as much as other people. Right. Like my husband is like Mr. Psychedelic warrior to like, he thinks he knows like everything about spirituality or some shit. Right. Because like he's taken so much acid, but like never gone through it. Whatever. I don't, you know, whatever that's, no he way. never fell off like I fell off multiple times again on on Sal- Salvia, but yeah, no, he never uh, did. I've never yeah. seen him. He's seen me lose my mind so many times, and I've no, never. And I mean, I have my little crew, dude. Like you know, my crew. Like, and that goes to the God thing too. Like, you take psychedelics with somebody, and I know like how 
like what Joe says to me about y'all's friendship too is like, you know, it's like you create these bonds with these people. Right. And like that, I guess, is going back to like kind of that energy that can't be destroyed. Right. Like you bond with people on the spiritual level. Mm. Like there's no other way to describe it. Right. No, like, absolutely. I, I once you guys get it and are there together. Like it's, it's unbroken, right. It can't there's be broken. a moment that happens that is just, it's, it's just unto itself. It, it is, it, you can't deny it. So there's that. Right. Um, so I think you can get there with psychedelics. I think that anybody that like even can, and this is such a druggy thing to say, but I think that anybody that can even like claim to, um, no, I think that everybody should take psychedelics. It's a druggy thing to say. No. And I mean, I just think like, I, I kind of subscribe to that whole thing that like, you know, it just there's it's really hard like living in our world right having to be part of the capitalist fucking machine right 90 degree angles all all these things you i mean if you want we can talk about how i used to be a fucking anarchist right or like you know and now where i stand on things politically uh i heard you were one of them antifas is what i heard is that what mm -hmm. what, you one of them one of them and antifas but not like are we ever going to be able to stop talking about that? I hope so. One day. Genuinely, well, I, I, I mean, hope that we can return okay. to normalcy in like Dude, a year. We got to do another one of these, or honestly, I could talk forever, and you could just cut it into two episodes, because that's how much <laughs> Let's do another one so we can both get some sleep. But, dude, okay, so so just to press you just directly, if you were to say – if you just had to say yes or no, is there – not necessarily heaven – Nothing like perfect. Nothing like you know what I mean. Like I, to any extent possible, does any part of you go anywhere else after death? Your soul, your inner being, your oneness, your any part of you, does that remain constant, or is everything transferred to something else? Be it a tree, or a dog, or a human, or a wind, or cloud. Doesn't matter. Does any part of you show up somewhere else, aware of somewhere else, or is it not? Yeah, I mean, I I find reincarnation to be, I think everybody's spiritual journey is lifelong and it takes a long time to have like decent answers to these questions. Hmm. But uh, That's why I press them. I want somebody else to have a right answer because none of us have yet. Yeah, well, right answer. But um, there's, uh, yeah, I think I can subscribe to reincarnation for sure. Like, yeah, I'm not saying like coming back as my dog, right, or something, but like. Yeah, I could see that. Maybe a bird, um, maybe something. Like, I think that like if more people had like more of more like ego death, uh, people would be less like into like the Abrahamic religions. Maybe I'm not sure. Maybe. Uh, well, I think ego death and anything that forces introspection, you would. I would hope one day we could go beyond looking to some dead guy to be your savior. Regardless of whichever dead guy you choose, I don't care which one you choose. I would hope we could get to the point one day where it's you're just looking inside, not looking to the past. You're looking inside and maybe even to the future. What a crazy thought. But instead of this, like, we need this old dead motherfucker to save. Like, I just I can't I, I can't see how that's a practical reality going forward. I would hope that we could look introspectively. But dude, I, the the idea that you maybe come back, I mean, as reincarnations, it, it, what's tough is the, to, to justify or to join reincarnation with the infinite parallel, un, parallel universes. Like, I don't understand either one of these theories well enough to you know, talk about it. I'm not a smart person, but like, how do you join that? Because I think infinite parallel universes exist, I think. I don't know. 
But if so, then how do you explain reincarnation in that context? Because I don't understand it. Yeah, I mean, I could be on board with that, too. And I'm not, like, fully subscribing to the reincarnation thing necessarily either. I just keep but saying I, no to it. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's maybe. Right. No, yeah, exactly. I do like what you said, though, about, like, looking within ourselves instead of uh, kind of subscribing to this one God. Like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, I fear death, so I need to, you know, whatever thing, right? Um I, I don't have a good answer to that question. Dude, that's why I like these conversations that most people at least admit that, which I like. So I'll give you uh, I'll give our, our millions of listeners two two stories to maybe go out on. One was a time uh, the very two the two very distinct differences in what I would think are very similar uh, effects, both DMT and salvia. Uh, DMT I've done with certain people, potentially your husband, not going to say that on record for sure. Never know. Uh, maybe didn't never broke the law. We both did it at the time. I was sitting in his apartment with that table that I brought him for his birthday that time that I found in a garbage can because I love you, bro. <laughs> you happy birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday. I found this literally in the garbage. I love you. Anyways, we, uh, we smoked that shit and I think I might have said this on a different episode, but anyways, point is instantly I was calm. I was being talked to by a, a, some voice. It could be my voice. It could be my own consciousness. I don't know that I'm not telling anybody what to believe, but I heard something that felt like somewhere else. Tell me go. And I start flying through space. I'm just like the old like window screensaver, just like those white dots coming through a black screen. You know what I mean? Like you're just flying through past stars and just fly. Just go, go, go. I was like a billion miles an hour. Then I heard love and everything slowed down. And I felt at one with everything. And there was an infinite expanse that went on forever and always love. And then I started, then I started to worry. <laughs> and I genuinely reached out to whatever this disembodied voice was and said, Hey, so like, I, I'm kind of missing my family. Like I kind of like, you know, I've got, I don't think I was married at the time. I was like, I've got, you know, a fiance and, and parents and a brother and friends. Like, can I get back? And I remember hearing him say something that wasn't the word by, but felt like by in whatever meaning he was forcing it. And then I suddenly wake up. And I'm staring at your husband and he goes, hey, how was it? And I'll go, oh my God, what's happening? <laughs> that is 15 minutes of real time in DMT. Felt like 38,000 years, pick a metaphor, but it felt like fucking forever. That was DMT. I didn't move. I sat in the same spot, very calm, open my eyes. Yours will, hey Joe, what's up? Here's Salvia. <laughs> I am in a uh, friend of the show, Dave's apartment, allegedly. Well, no, I guess this shit's legal. So yeah, it definitely happened. Um, we're about to go <laughs> play disc golf. But instead, I bust this shit out and go, hey, everybody want to try this? We're watching The Daily Show. I remember smoking it. I remember Jon Stewart pointing, saying my name and laughing at me while I fall into an infinite expanse. I'm falling. I'm scared. I'm falling. I'm scared. I'm looking back and realizing there's more than one of me falling. There's thousands of me's falling. I'm looking back into an infinite line of myself falling onto itself forever. I then come to... I'm babbling something about there's more than one of me. There's two me's. There's two versions of me. Yeah. Shout out to a fish lyric, but I was, I then look around and I realize Dave's apartment is covered in diet Coke and his computer has been kicked off a table. I'm, I'm not in the chair that I was sitting in. I am well across the room. And the description that I got from them was I just started doing monkey rolls. I just started flailing about like a goddamn lunatic for about 12 to 15 minutes and came to sputtering. There's more than one of me. Why the fuck is that drug legal? Why is salvia purchasable and everything else is like that? Ugh, that's so that's my uh, my couple of moments with uh, with your husband there. But that's what has even before that, I've always led myself to believing in a deity. But after that kind of shit, it's hard to believe that there's not. And maybe there isn't. I like, you know what I mean? I don't know. But like you've encountered that kind of shit, right? Like you, you've encountered spirits. 
You know what I mean? Or at least felt presences that maybe not, you know, maybe weren't physically there. Yeah. So, um, most definitely, um, is the answer, but I actually don't know that I have had the full on, like completely releasing this plane of existence experience times enough for it to have had any lasting effect through life on this plane of existence. Right. So like Hmm. motherhood, all these different things. Right. So um, I actually feel like as far as the God stuff goes, like I think in order to gain some more interesting things to say on that, um, I would need to have a more recent psychedelic experience that wasn't recreational, right? Mm. Um, so, yeah, but I mean, as far as that goes, I'm not going to share like a direct story because, I mean, like you said, we're old, we got to go to bed, we got to work. Um, but, um, so then instead, let's end with this. Do you remember our first interaction? Do you remember specifically we were at Joe's apartment at the time? I guess it was maybe now your apartment, but you had just moved there. You had been in town. You moved from Chicago to Austin maybe you know a day or two before. I came over to enjoy certain things that we all enjoyed doing, and we got to talking about your new tattoo idea. Do you remember this at all? Um, vaguely now that you mention it, but I always had a new tattoo idea back in the At this moment, you wanted to do a, a feminine tattoo as a tribute to your mother. Do you remember? Do you remember? That wasn't when I moved here. That was when I visited here and I had the tattoo. (laughs) That's what it was. Okay. Okay. Then you do remember this because I remember at the time I was just inebriated and I shot from the hip. And I'm really glad. Anyways, you had said that you wanted to get a feminine tattoo celebrating your mother and you know, representing your mother. And so I just need your reaction because I'm an asshole. So I was like, you're you're going to get a giant hairy set of balls on your forearm, right? Like, and that was. Why, and thank why have God. there not been more mentions of hairy balls in this? Thank God you laughed, dude, because like I feel like that could have ruined our relationship like day one. But I'm realizing now, having known you for years, like you are the only girl in our text thread with like seven or eight dudes that all we do is talk about stupid only because i insisted on it because i fucking have no friends and no life i love that you're in it it's just all my friends and i love you guys you know whatever i don't know but oh yeah no so i have the tattoo right and this kind of goes back to the god thing so it's my mom's name her name is donna marie shout out love you and yeah i have a tattoo on another part of my arm a memorial tattoo for my dad so i thought it was appropriate to get one for my mom um, and it's actually a sacred heart, right? Which is symbolism from Catholicism, right? The like the heart with the flames coming out, mm. thorns around it. This one just has a ribbon around it with her name, um, and it has the uh, the feminist symbol. You guys know it, yeah. Circle with the with the cross, yeah. Yeah, it looks like the prince. So like that, that that like comes out the bottom. So like I'm not religious, right? Um, but my mom is. Um, and I think that it was in the cosmos that we are mother and daughter and perhaps our energies did meet in the life before. And I think based on what we've been living so far, there might still be some stuff to live there. So maybe, maybe I am about reincarnation. I don't really know. I fucking love it, man. Let's do this again. I'm not even kidding. I, I want to die. I, like, honestly, I'm probably going to, because I'm going to go through and edit this shit, but I'm going to go through and hear a bunch of shit that I wish I had pressed you for more details. So you down to do this again. Oh yeah, dude. I love talking about myself and we're all in a pandemic. And, uh, yeah. We ain't going nowhere. 
And yeah, and I love to get up on my soapbox about stuff. And I would really love to talk more about the dualist stuff and healthcare inequality and um, some racism stuff. Spruce and sapling doula care. She's not racist, everybody. Check her out. (laughs) Anybody, thank you for listening. I mean that. Thank you very much. See you next time.